Welcome into another edition of the Q&A questions in Alcohol Kentucky, where we talk all things in the alcohol space, whether it's the drinks, the food, the art, and more. And this time we're definitely talking about the drinks. We'll have Danielle Mann here in a second. You can see her on screen if you're watching the video. But don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, at Hop Spirits, all one word. We're also on YouTube, and you can find us at hopspirits.com, where you can check out all of our cool things like our news notes, past episodes of the Q&A, and also past episodes of our bar conversations. But like I said, we're here to talk, uh, I believe, drinks this time around. And we have with us the founder of River Green Cocktails, Danielle Mann. Danielle, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you taking time. Sounds like you're a very busy lady these days. And I, I figure the, the best way to start this is just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and um, kind of just a little bit of background. Okay. Well, my name is Danielle and I have started uh, River Green Cocktails. I started River Green Cocktails the idea came into fruition about two years ago is when we uh, started thinking about this. And uh, I will say it kind of came out of a little more free time than I was used to, <laughs> as we all did during COVID. But um, I am a full-time working physician and um, I'm an OBGYN physician actually. And I have three children, three boys actually, ages 13, 12, and nine. And now I'm making cocktails. So um, it's been a wild ride, but a, a pretty exciting ride. But um, I'd say that, you know, during some free time two years ago, I started making cocktails in my kitchen, you know, just uh, because looking for um, something to drink and not being able to go out to restaurants and bars. And I am a gin lover and I was making um, cocktails made with gin. And while I was doing this, I just started noticing that the canned cocktail business was booming and that there was no gin cocktails out there. And so that's kind of how it started that I got intrigued why there weren't gin cocktails. I understand, you know, some people um, may not like gin the way that vodka has exploded and there's a lot of vodka cocktails out there, but gin was definitely lacking in the market. And um, I thought that there was an opportunity there. And so that's kind of where it all started. And as I started researching cocktails and classic gin cocktails, I saw definitely that there were a lot of cocktails that are wonderful cocktails that are pretty classic cocktails that we ended up creating and putting in a can. So we have three cocktails. Uh, we have something called the Bee's Knees, which is a lemon and honey and gin and sparkling water. Uh, we have a gimlet that's a lime and cane sugar and sparkling water. And then we have a Greyhound, which is Rio Red grapefruit juice. Um, gin and sparkling water, no sweetener in that one. And those are all kind of like those classic prohibition era type cocktails that I just thought they're great cocktails and no one's putting them in a can. And so I decided to do it. Well, you know, sometimes when you have free time, things can be dangerous. I mean, did, <laughs> did, did you think like, you know, you, you mentioned it was free time that this came about not seeing it, but I mean, when did you really push it forward and go, okay, besides there just not being any that I can go get, because obviously it is a little easier to have a canned cocktail. When did you go, okay, maybe there is a business for this? It's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say there's always been a little part of me that's always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so when this idea came and I just kept researching it, 
Um, I just think that I saw the opportunity and I got intrigued by the opportunity. And I thought, I thought this could be something. Um, not only was it the gin, but I was also, as I started researching it, noticing that even though the canned cocktail world was booming, there was definitely something that I wanted in that in that category of drinks that was not there. And what I mean by that is that I was really looking for a, a real cocktail, a real cocktail that was in a can. And a lot of the cocktails that are out there, um, they're, they're in the canned cocktail shelf or the area of the liquor stores, but I wouldn't call it a cocktail. You know, there's the hard seltzers, there's different things, but we've created a cocktail. It is truly a cocktail in a can. It's made with fresh juices. It's a 12% ABV. It is a real cocktail. It is what I made in my kitchen and I put it in a can. <laughs> and so for someone busy like me, I love it. You know, so not only is it something that's easy to grab if I'm at home, but it's easy to grab, you know, if I'm going someplace to someone's house, instead of bringing a bottle of wine, um, I can bring canned cocktails and it truly is a canned cocktail. Well, and, and to you, you touched on it. You're a gin lover. I mean, is that, and obviously there was a hole in the market, at least as far as what you could see, especially at that time, is that just where the, the, the idea to go down that route really came from and why you stuck to it? Really, I just saw the opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I saw an opportunity and I've had other people who've said, are you going to do something with vodka? Are you going to do something with tequila? And I was like, it's been done. You know, there's a, there's a lot out there. And so I was kind of intrigued by the different and just something that would be unique. And I guess that's where I saw the opportunity and I thought it could be something because no one else is, is or was doing it. Um, there's certainly some gin and tonics on the market and there's some, there's some wonderful cocktails on the market. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I just thought that there was just this niche that was lacking. And with the amount of canned cocktails that are coming out, um, I just wasn't seeing what was missing. Well, and then you got, you, you mentioned it too, you use all natural ingredients. It's, it's kind of what you would expect if you go to a good cocktail bar. Um, even when you guys are producing this, you go to the small batch route to make sure you're able to keep all those um, mm -hmm. natural ingredients. Why go that way? Um, and, and what does it do for y'all? Well, I'll tell you, coming from somebody who's not in the alcohol world, this was all a learning <laughs> um, process for me. But, you know, the plan was never necessarily, I did not go out and say, oh my gosh, I want to do these all small batch. It's, it's just kind of happened. And, and I'm happy with that process because I do think that we have control of quality and freshness because we're doing everything small batch. But honestly, the way it started was, when I started researching and figuring out the three-tier system and um, what you need to do to get on a liquor shelf, um, I got nervous. So for those who don't understand the process, and it's been an educational thing for me, is that I can't just make a cocktail and take it to Total Wine or another liquor store and say, will you serve my drinks on a shelf? As you know, that's I have to introduce it to a distributor. You have to be accepted by that distributor and then they sell it for you. And so that process of having someone make the drink for me, I, be, I found very challenging, um, at least monetarily. Mm -hmm. 
and <laughs> and and numbers. So um, when I came up with this idea and I said, okay, here's my idea. How do I get it into the can? You know, that process um, was very challenging. It meant finding a co-packer. It meant sourcing ingredients. It meant a mobile canning place. And each of those people needed, wanted money. I had to pay them. And they obviously, and I understand their point of view, wanted a very large amount made so that they could be well compensated for their time and energy, which I understood. But I wasn't willing to put the money in for 50,000 cans if a distributor said, I don't like your drink and <laughs> I don't want to sell it. Then I'm stuck with 50,000 cans <laughs> so of a drink in my basement. So that's kind of how the small batch started. I decided to buy my own equipment and I um, rented a space. And that's probably the moment that I thought I'm really going to do this. Because once you rent space and you sign on the dotted line of a lease, you're at least committed for a few years. And I bought the equipment and I started making them myself. Now, luckily, they uh, turned out just as well in the bright tanks that I bought as they were in my kitchen. And I had a distributor pick me up right away. But it kind of stuck. I liked the idea of doing them in small batch. It wasn't just the quality and the freshness. It just felt less overwhelming. Um, it felt like I had just more control of the entire situation. And so I started with one bright tank and now I'm up to three bright tanks. Um, I was starting to do a lot more by hand. And when I mean by hand, I was pre-printing every label <laughs> and hand applying them. Um, I just went to pre-printed cans and I just went to a canning line. So, you know, we're always weighing time and money and, um, but we're, we're definitely hitting that next phase because, um, the drinks have been really well received, which is great. I was going to say, I mean, well, when you do things right, and I think sometimes in small batch, especially starting off, let you build up, build up to kind of of scale and, and things like that. I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. You weren't exactly looking at making everything locally yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. has that plan altered at all? Or is that something you still want to keep doing? Because like, clearly at that point, you do have a lot of quality control and, and control over everything. I... You know, it's, it's funny how things happen, right? Sometimes things happen by mistake. So that was never the intention. I never said, oh, I want to do this all myself. But now that I am, um, I, I like the production process. I've enjoyed learning how it all works. I like knowing how it's starting and seeing the end result in the can. That entire process has been really intriguing to me. And I think, you know, when you you know, have something that you feel that you're working so hard towards, it's, it's great to be able to kind of keep out the middle person and to have control over the entire um, production process. So it, I, I'm pretty committed to doing that now. I like saying we're local. And when I say local, we're doing it all local. And people are always surprised, like, wait, you're making it yourself? I'm like, yeah, we're making it ourselves. Um, and when I say me, I mean, it's not just me, <laughs> myself, but um, yes, we have a space on River Road, and that's our production facility, and we sell everything out of there. And so far, I'm like, you know what, I'll just keep buying bright tanks, <laughs> you know, line my walls with them. Well, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. And you, you mentioned, you know, kind of going through this whole process. I mean, you know, working 
your your other job it's kind of one way this is a totally different yeah. uh, beast so to speak and talking to folks you know how difficult was it for you to navigate this whole thing because liquor producing any type of liquor comes with a plethora of of obstacles i mean did you ever get frustrated and thought of throwing up your hands and, and saying no or did you always go no i think this is, is going to work so i'm going to keep pushing <laughs> I think it, I think, I think it depends <laughs> on the day of the week if you ask me that question, but um, no, it, it gets frustrating. And I think, um, you know, I understand the three tier system, but you know, sometimes it gets a little frustrating to not have control over the selling process. Uh, but when it comes down to it, when I'm really frustrated, I believe in our product. I really do. And, and one of the, the most fun things for me to do is to be out and doing tastings and having people try it. And people don't know sometimes that I'm the one who's owns it and has made them and seeing people's reaction. Um, that's when I'm like, no, this is, we got to keep moving. This, this is a good product. And I believe in the product. And uh, I don't know, you, have you had a chance to try them yet? I have not. And I was, I was sad that I, I didn't, but but life did not line up for me to. That's okay. That's okay. Well, I'm I'm excited for you to, well, I'm excited for you to try them. And so, and and that's what I usually will tell people. I'm like, you know, when I see people's look on their face and they try them and they say, wow, this really tastes like honey. I'm like, that's because it really is honey. (laughs) You know, we're not using um, a honey substitute. I'm not using a lemon flavor. You know, when I first started this, I was told you can't do that. Like you, you, and that was one of the other reasons for the small batch. They said, when you, you know, and that was a learning process for me is that when you make things in really large batches, it changes the chemistry of things. And I wanted to stick with the all natural stuff. I want to use fresh lemon juice. I want to use real honey. And so if I have to stick with smaller batches, I stick with smaller batches. Well, and and like you said, I feel like that'll come through uh, a lot because when you actually get the, the real flavor, like I always joke, you know, you, I get the little bottle of lemon juice and lime juice, and then I do a real lime in it and I go, okay, there's a definite difference in that cocktail. Totally. And, totally. You know, and I feel like for you, you know, you kind of touched on it. Is that basically one of the big ways you differ from other canned cocktails is that you are using those real ingredients and, and in a sense too, going with a true cocktail and maybe not just a vodka and grapefruit or a vodka and, you know, this type of fruit or something like that. Um, No, absolutely. I mean, I do think that there are several things that set us apart. And, you know, maybe it's not important for everyone. But I do think that there is a certain person who understands what we're doing here. And they want what what I wanted, um, which is, you know, something that's as, as accessible and easy as a can is. But still has the same quality and taste of something you'd make in your own kitchen. And so, yes, the fresh juices and the real uh, honey, the cane sugar that's made into a simple syrup, you know, all of those things are things you would actually do in your kitchen if you were going to be making a cocktail. And so I think that definitely sets us apart. Um, Gin definitely sets us apart because there's just not a lot of gin cocktails out there. And then honestly, the 12% ABV sets us apart, you know, and I realize some people don't want a 12%, some people want a 5% and that's not what they're going to get. This is 
a real cocktail. And so it is strong like a real cocktail. And so if that's what you're wanting, you're wanting something that can be translated from something that you would normally get in your kitchen, but you just want to come home from work and you want to crack open a can and either drink it straight from it or put it over ice with the garnish if you want, then that's what we're providing. I was going to say, I mean, why, why did you go for that 12%? Was it to kind of have that actual true, what you would get out and about feel? Because like you said, a lot of them are five, six, some push eight, but you don't see a ton go over. Now you see some go way over, yeah, uh, but, yeah. but that's a totally different ballpark yes. in my mind. But what, did you just set on the 12 as it gave you exactly what you were looking for as far as the flavors? Yeah, one was taste. And two, I'm just, I wanted to stick with, a cocktail. I wanted it to be a proper cocktail. And so it's not going to, you can't compare because I've had people say, look, what does it compare to? I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's not, it's not like a high noon. It's not like a white claw. It's nothing like that. You know, that has a certain place if that's what you're wanting, but this is different. And so this is a cocktail. It's, it's, the, it's to make your life easier. We made it for you, you know? Um, and so that's what I've been trying to kind of translate and um, to make is just, it is a cocktail. It's not a hard seltzer, it's cocktail. Well, and then too, you mentioned you, you have the, the, the three, three different varieties, the, the bee's knees, the greyhound mm -hmm. and the gimlet. Is that right? Did I say right? Yes. Yep. With not having that in my notes, I was very nervous. I was no. going to screw yeah. <laughs> up. But, um, you know, you mentioned those are classic cocktails and then they really are. Anyone that goes anywhere should be able to probably find, find something similar in those veins. But why did you decide to go that route? And were there any others that you kind of looked at and just, you know, decided to go, no, let's, let's stick with these. I mean, honestly, it's because I liked them <laughs> and I was hoping Are those your three people. favorites that you all yeah, always had. Yes. You know, I mean, I would say the bee's knees is um, our biggest seller and that's not really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, lemon and honey, I think are classic. And when people hear lemon and honey, they're like, Ooh, you know, that, that sounds great. And it does, it tastes great. Um, but you know, in a gimlet, you know, People love gin and tonics, but a gimlet is different, right? You know, it doesn't have the tonic water. Um, and so it's a little bit less sweet than our bee's knees, but it, it tastes like a gimlet. I mean, well, it is a gimlet. So, <laughs> but, um, and then the Greyhound is, I love grapefruit juice. And I've actually been surprised how many other people like grapefruit juice. So that was a challenge in just getting the right grapefruit juice. We use a Rio Red. And so it's a little more tart, but um definitely did I go through other cocktails absolutely I mean I have a whole list of cocktails <laughs> and I don't know what the future is going to hold as far as other ones but these were the three that I just felt were familiar names um I mean Gimlet a lot of people know of uh, Greyhound is you know some people you know hear it kind of like the salty dog with the salted rim. In fact, some people will say to me, they're like, wait, I thought that was made with vodka. And I'm like, well, not originally, you know, <laughs> originally it was made with gin. A lot of drinks were originally made with gin. Um, and it's actually really fun to know that the history of that. And I kind of, you know, went down the whole rabbit hole of the history of gin and different cocktails that got replaced um, with vodka, just because that seems to be a more popular spirit. Uh, when uh, really, I think it's the gin that makes some cocktails really more interesting. 
And so, um, yeah, those are the three I started with because I just thought that those were the three kind of like basic cocktails that I thought other people would be interested in and would probably recognize those names. Well, I was going to say they, they, they are very, and um, like you said, they kind of go across. You can have a version of those pretty much almost in any category, but at the end of the day, the base or the, the, the ingredients that go in it besides maybe the spirit is, is all the same. And I guess the other thing is the name River Green. How did you come up with that and what does that mean? Oh gosh, Jonathan, I wish I had a really interesting story to share with you about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's interesting when you're trying to come up with a name for something, you know, it's hard. It's like naming your kids. I mean, I was like, I have new sympathy for bands that try to come up with a name for their band. Um, honestly, we tossed around so many different names and River Green stuck. It's the street that I'm on is River Green. <laughs> and that's how I came up with the name. And so it's, it works. it's that basic. And it just, we kept coming back to it, you know, that it just, it, it seemed like it just fit. And we liked the way it sounded, River Green Cocktails. And so that's how we figured it out. I, I, I love it. You know, sometimes things work. My, my favorite, I think it's, it's Buzzard's Roost, you know, whiskey, sipping whiskey um, with Jason out, out in Louisville as well. That name stuck because when they were looked at one of their original locations, it was on either Buzzard's Roost Road or something like that. They didn't go to that location, but they're like, the name just is good. So I know, when the name fits, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've had other people ask me about the Riverine cocktails, and I'm like, gosh, I was like, I wish I could come up with something that'd be more an interesting story. But sometimes the truth is the truth. And yes, and that's how it's stuck. And and really, that's so our street address is River Green Circle for where our facility is. And so there you go. Hey, sometimes, like I said, sometimes <laughs> it works. And and you mentioned it, you know, folks can, can go out and get this, whether it's at Total Wine, other stores, where can folks find, you know, River Green cocktails? Because I'm assuming it's just in Kentucky at the moment. Yes. And, um, and how do they go about figuring that out? So, you know, on our Instagram and our um, Facebook page, we have a map that shows all of the liquor stores in town. We are at the Total Wines here and in Lexington. We're at all the Evergreen and Cox's, and we're in a lot of local liquor stores. And I hate like not mentioning every local liquor store because being a local uh, person as well and who's pushing local, I'm like, I don't want to forget about our local liquor stores. But um, yeah, if they go to my Instagram and or the Facebook, we have a map of all of the stores. And then, you know, you touched on this, you never know down the road what, what might happen. Obviously, you got to taste test things. And that's fun of the, the job too to see if you ever expand. But what's kind of next for you? And what can folks expect from you maybe the rest of 2022? Well, um, at this point, it's going to be all about um, marketing and pushing um, into other markets. I am seeing hopefully jumping state lines here soon is the hope. And as far as other drinks, I have ideas, um, but I have not committed to any of those yet um, because I still feel like there's a lot of work and a lot of people still don't know about who we are. And so I'm really pushing these three right now, but yes, I have an arsenal of drinks I would love to try in the future, <laughs> but for 2022, I'm pushing these three as hard as I can. Well, they're, they're a good place to start. I'm excited to, to give them a try and I'm excited to see what's next for y'all because I think you've got a, a cool story a cool idea Thanks. and I love to see what you're doing and how you're approaching it and, and Danielle this was fun and, and I appreciate you sharing about River Green okay. Cocktails. Thanks Jonathan I appreciate you having me.